I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Bratislava, Budapest and Magdeburg. I'm David. And I am Mark and you are listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. A little podcast by journalists, about journalism, with journalists, mostly from the digital scene. And today's another great episode, hopefully. David, how are you doing? How was your week so far? It's been busy. Uh, I, I mean, we are recording this episode in uh, in August, like middle of August. I'm not sure uh, what time we will be publishing it. Um, but uh, <laughs> even though it's summer, it does not feel like summer. <laughs> it's like it's it's busy as hell. I don't know how about you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's busy. Plus the weather is not like it's supposed to be in summer. So. Yeah, I'm working all the time, we're recording all the time, but uh, uh, there's something going on like every day uh, on a European basis um, when it comes to journalism and other affairs and things. So, yeah, it's quite busy, but that's how it is when you are like a digital journalist, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like the news cycle never, never really, like in the past few years, uh, when when there was like uh, uh, you know the news cycle uh, slowed down during summer, I, I'm I'm do- I'm not seeing that happening anymore, and I I don't I don't think that will like you know ever stop, so it's just like speeding up. That's interesting. That's a good point. Um, I think I feel the same way, but let's see if our guests uh, also feels the same way about the summer and the slowing down of news slowing down of news topics. Yeah, David, you are better with these names from guests from like around where you're from. So <laughs> I, I leave it to you to introduce our guest. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad and happy our, uh, we, we have a guest from another country which we have not have yet had. Uh, he's, he's, he's from Hungary. Um, he's working for a really special uh, news outlet which we'll talk more about it and so i'm i'm glad i can <clears throat> uh, welcome to the podcast andras peter from from budapest from direct uh, uh, 36 welcome andras hello thank you thank you for having me yeah, so welcome. like <laughs> so you're you're the first uh, hungarian guest we are we are having uh, on the awesome. podcast um I, I was when i was browsing and um kind of preparing for this episode um i have downloaded one other podcast which you were part of uh i would say recently uh not sure if you remember what was it but it's uh it was by the budapest beacon Beacon. yes yes right with benny 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 Novak. yes 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 so that was in april uh so if you guys want to listen to that you can Go and check it out after this. Um, so Budapest Beacon, that's an English website about uh, Hungary or? Yes, basically they are covering, uh, you know, Hungarian stories. They are uh, based here in Budapest. Uh, as far as I know, most of them are native uh, English speakers. So they write well in English and, uh, you know, they're based here. So they know, you know, uh, just as much about Hungary as Hungarian journalists. So it's a... I think it's uh, we are lucky to have it, and sometimes we we you know when we publish stories with bigger investigation, then they they invite us to their to their podcast. So I mean it's a it's a good good way for us to promote our stories. 
Great. Um, and uh, b- but back to you. You're not working for the Budapest Beacon. You're from. Uh, you're. you're uh, I'm not sure now uh, if I have the correct information. You're one of the founders of Direct uh, Direct Thirty uh, Six. Yes, I'm a co-founder. We founded uh, the, the organization with uh, two of my my partners, uh, colleagues, uh, but almost three years ago. Three years uh, and now. Okay, so you're you've been doing for three years direct 36 and so what was be- what was it before that like how did you come to do journalism well you know i mean it was interesting to i i felt a little bit uh, kind of ashamed what you are and you were talking about like you know how busy you are and like how stressful you are you know and how you know uh, uh, fast the news cycle uh, has become because you know i uh, I'm in a position now that uh, with Direct 36, we, we keep a, a distance from the news cycle. You know, we, we are an investigative journalism center. So we our you know, uh, concept is that we, we don't cover stories that are covered by others because then, you know, then you can't really do really in-depth investigations and maybe, you know, those are the kind of stories that we, uh, can be done by others and we, we don't we, we don't need uh, we are not needed for for those kind of stories so in fact our uh, you know the pace here is much slower than uh, in a normal traditional news organization but previously before uh, direct 36 I had been working for a, a big online news site which was totally different it was 24 7 really really you know uh, i was always very busy it was a pretty large newsroom by hungarian standards at least we had about 50 60 journalists and uh, at the end of my stint there i was in a senior position so you know the, those days were really really uh, crazy and we had to work under a lot of pressure but i mean i'm not saying that this is uh, this job this current job is without pressure it's just a different kind of pressure you know, it's more like a more long-term uh, thing. And how how did you decide to like you know jump from this like really like twenty-four-seven uh, quick news cycle, uh, uh, working on I guess uh, every day on or on on something new and like investigative journalism that's like really. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say slow pace, but uh, it's it's more like I, I guess you're not uh, not uh, uh, putting up so much so much content. When when I checked out your site, it's more like in-depth investigations, analysis. Yes, we, um, we, we work mostly on projects, and uh, and you know we we, do, we write follow-up stories for for the projects, but you know we we publish you know two or two or three times a month so it's not uh, it's not a lot sometimes more sometimes less it depends on the uh, on the stories and the projects well you know uh, well i mean i did investigative reporting at at origo at that uh, news site as well it's just that it was more like uh, you know i was doing it on the side uh, beside my my editing uh, uh, responsibilities and uh, other stuff uh, and to be honest by the end of it i was you know i was more attracted to doing uh, investigations full-time uh, but uh, i jumped and i and my my with my colleagues because we were first we were forced uh, to jump uh, 
Uh, I mean, Origo was a most of my career there. I, I that was my first real journalism job uh, that I got in back in 2002. And then uh, you know it was a good place to do journalism for a long time, but then things changed. And uh, this has to do with the you know the with the the changing media landscape here in Hungary that. Uh, especially after 2010, after the uh, under the current government, you know there has been growing uh, political pressure on uh, political and financial pressure on, on journalism organizations, and uh, you know that's what happened at Origo. That basically we didn't have that freedom anymore. We just realized it uh, after a while, and then. Uh, Basically, we were doing a story. Uh, it was the end of 2013, early 2014, and then uh, uh, our the, the the management of the company, the publisher, uh, you know, they started to put pressure on us not to pursue. It was a politically sensitive story, and uh, basically they wanted us to drop the story, and we didn't do that. And then. Uh, when, when my editor was forced out of his job because of that, then I resigned, and then many other people resigned, and then uh, and then uh, and then that's why we 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 created we had to create our our own organization. You're quite uh, transparent, I see on your website uh, when it comes to financial reports, but unfortunately, they're all in Hungarian, so I don't <laughs> understand a word. So I would like to know where, when your investor. Whoever was um, pressuring you, how are you financing yourselves right now? Well, right now it's a, it's a kind of it's a mix. Uh, we do we, uh, we we have got grants uh, from international foundations, uh, and but we also do crowdfunding from the very beginning, and uh, and we also do you know we got some you can call it commercial revenues that we do research for other news organizations. Uh, we we publish our stories with other uh, uh, outlets, and they pay some fee for those uh, those stories. So it's a it's a, it's a, it's a mix. We have been looking at uh, you know how especially nonprofits are working, and you know nobody I think invented the you know the the, the magic weapon for this. I mean, unless you have like a very, very generous donor that is, you know, giving you funding for, you know, three, four, five years, and uh, it's creative, uh, and you have to uh, diversify your your uh, your financial background, and that's what we are trying to do, and that's what we have been trying to do from the very beginning. Yeah, monetization has been a very big issue on our podcast as well because we got so many journalists from around Europe um, and nobody had the answer to the problem how to uh, earn money and how to finance your stuff but are your journalists and editors freelancers so they work for other companies as well or are they just we have full-time mostly full-time uh, journalists and uh, and we have of course we have uh, you know we have lawyers we have an accountant we have a developer they they work for us on a you know contractual basis, but our journalists uh, you know, for for investigative journalism I think you need journalists because you know this is this this kind of job requires a lot of concentration and dedication and uh, uh, so 
this is the best way to do it. Yeah, I see. If you can afford it, yeah. Yeah, if you can afford it. Um, you, I, th I think you missed it out a bit. I mean, you worked for the news site, uh, you told us, but uh, on your Twitter biography and uh, on the website, Uh, awesome uh, two more little media <laughs> outlets <laughs> uh, the BBC World Service and the Washington Post um, <laughs> yes yes you've yeah, been well, there for, for quite some time yes yeah I did so yes I uh, I started at Origo in 2002 and uh, two years later I got a job at the the BBC World Service in London at that time they still had a, a Hungarian service uh, section And I was there as a producer for one and a half year. Uh, I left, you know, just before it was uh, shut down. It wasn't shut down because of me, I believe. It was because <laughs> of uh, like nine other services were shut down uh, at the same time, I think, for budget reasons or like that. And then the, the Washington Post was, you know, it was not a, it was not a real, real job. Well, I, I think I did real work. But uh, in uh, 2012, I went to the U.S. Uh, on a fellowship. Uh, it's uh, called the Humphrey Program. It's part of the Fulbright Fellowship. And, uh, and uh, as part of the program, you had to do like a, it's called professional affiliation, but it's basically a kind of like an internship. And I was lucky enough to, I was based in, uh, in D.C., The University of Maryland, and I was lucky enough to get a position at the at the Washington Post with the investigative unit, and uh, I could eventually I was there for like eight nine months, and I was involved and uh, uh, in uh, in two two bigger projects, data driven projects, and I was also contributing to some other uh, investigations as well. So yeah, that was a pretty very inspiring. Did you came up with the idea for Direct 36 like around that time when you when you were, were into with the guys from from the investigative unit or? Uh, well, not with the idea of uh, uh, of, of Direct 36, but uh, you know I learned a lot about how you conduct uh, an investigation, how you conduct uh, projects, and you know it's a different it's a different mindset when you are doing like daily daily news and i could also see the process from the very beginning you know from the conception of the idea until the you know the execution so uh, it was I, i learned a lot about you know how investigative reporting has becoming more like a teamwork uh, uh, and not really you know this lone wolf kind of reporting anymore uh, so I, I learned a lot about that, and of course, I'm trying to implement it uh, uh, here in at Direct 36. But you know, it was kind of uh, well, maybe not uh, ironic is not the best word for that. But you know, this uh, my whole this whole conflict at Origo uh, was, in some sense, it was a result of my. Uh, It was a result of my experience at the, the Washington Post. You know, I was there. I was really, really, you know, uh, full of ideas. And when I, I returned uh, to Budapest, to Origo, which, you know, uh, uh, was really, felt really, really inspired. Uh, and uh, uh, maybe, you know, maybe if, 
if it was a different time, maybe if it, if I had been more tired or ex exhausted, I, I wouldn't have pursued that that story so much and so aggressively. The the story that eventually you know led to this whole you know explosion and whole conflict, and uh, uh, so you know in some some sense it might might have been the result of my experience in the U.S. Yeah. I I think most most of the guys listening, and I think when you're in Central Europe, um, you know about um, Hungary uh, from all the refugee uh, situation. And I think you heard about the media situation, but um, I think you you really can't imagine how it feels as a journalist to work uh, in a regime that's that's like this. How how is how is the scene? How is how is the situation right now? Uh, um, oh. I mean, if we are talking about Direct 36 and our own, you know, personal uh, situation, uh, I mean, I, this is the best job I ever had in Hungary, at least. And uh, but uh, you know, uh, you cannot ignore, you know, the the environment and what's going on. And as I explained it in my in the, in the story of how Direct 36 was, uh, you know, created, basically this was. Uh, this was a result of something bad, uh, something bad going on here in the Hungarian media industry. And uh, <clears throat> it's uh, basically what we've been seeing is that the, the, the space for independent journalism has been shrinking uh, over the last uh, you know, uh, six, seven years quite, uh, quite rapidly. And, uh, you know, it's partly because of because of politics we have because we have a government which is uh, you know uh, quite aggressive when it comes to you know treating and the, the media and uh, its media policies uh, but it's also uh, again it's like a, it's a pretty toxic mix that uh, what we've been experiencing here in Hungary because you know of course uh, I'm pretty sure you talked a lot about the whole the universal crisis of the media industry that how the you know the internet turned the business model upside down and uh, you know the the financial crisis in 2008 you know just made it much worse so uh, i think uh, you know this 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 all adds up and uh, when you have a, a nasty uh, financial situation and you have an aggressive uh, uh, political force you know that's that's a pretty toxic uh, mix uh, combination and uh, so that's what's happening here in Hungary. It started in in 2010 uh, uh, the government basically they took over the public media which was relatively uh, free and independent uh, under the previous governments and uh, and then later they that went pretty quickly and uh, pretty easily but then later they moved on to the to the private uh, media and commercial companies and basically origo was the first casualty of that and then uh, and then many others followed we are probably familiar with the case of nip sabachak which was the biggest uh, uh, political newspaper uh, in hungary it was a left-wing paper and it was it was shut down from one day to the other last last year and uh, some other news organizations uh, outlets were also taken over by you know not directly by the government but 
oligarchs or businessmen, so-called businessmen uh, with ties to the government. But is it actually dangerous to be like a very critical journalist in Hungary? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that. This is not this is not Ukraine or Russia or Serbia. No, it's not it's not that bad. Turkey. It's not that bad. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, you know, uh, I'm afraid that that's where we are. You know, that's the direction we are, we are going to. And uh, you could already see, you know, some journalists have become subjects of uh, smear campaigns by uh, propaganda outlets, government-friendly propaganda outlets. You know, there has been some talk about like how uh, the next target of the government will be the media. Uh, you know, our prime minister talked about this uh, in, in his uh, annual big summer speech a few weeks ago that he said that pretty much echoing what uh, the Trump administration has been saying that, you know, that this is not the, 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 the opposition is not uh, the opposition parties, but it's the, it's the media, media is the enemy. So, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, we are going to have an election uh, next year, uh, probably in April. So I think uh, we're going to have a pretty turbulent uh, period till then. Um, I, I would I would like to come back to to one one of the one of the things you you talked about when uh, like talking about Direct Thirty Six. So I, I'm I'm really curious about like why the name where the, where it came from, <laughs> and and my and my second question is. Uh, basically, one one of the bridges. I, when me and Mark came to you, like how, how did you we ask you to do this podcast? Was was this blog by the membership puzzle, uh, you know, mm -hmm. project where they mentioned you and uh, they talked about memberships. And so I, I would like you to maybe tell us a little bit like how how you uh, if how you how you treat the the, the mem your members and the, the whole whole you know idea of the membership because i i imagine that's uh, that's 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 your like core audience who who are like willing to pay uh even though your like site is free and uh, you know so how 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 do you stay in touch with them and like make them feel okay so first first about the name it's a, it's pretty uh, simple simple or short i can answer it uh briefly that the well direct is direct you know with this wanted to you know uh, suggest that this is going to be you know straightforward reporting nothing else uh, and uh, 36 is the country code of hungary so this is how we wanted to refer to you know that this is a this is a hungarian project and uh, uh, the second question about the about the uh, about the membership yes so we we uh, we knew from the very beginning that we wanted to do you know we wanted to have to do this project to have a you know a, a, a crowdfunding leg as well you know we didn't want to rely on only on uh, on big donors international foundations because that's also pretty hard to get you know funding from from them and also i think we we have to realize that they are willing to uh, Uh, help you more if they see that you have you have other source of funding and that you have a community you know you have a base in your uh, uh, in your country so 
we had we were lucky enough to have uh, some great and very helpful and very experienced partners from Germany, uh, Crouch Reporter. You might you might know them, and uh, and they they helped us a lot. Uh, first of all, they uh, they basically they they provided uh, us with their with their platform, their crowdfunding platform. So we didn't have to use you know one of the big and uh, maybe even expensive uh, crowdfunding platforms like Indiegogo or Kickstarter, or uh, and uh, they they gave uh, they let let us use the platform uh, for free, and they even uh, did a Hungarian version for that, which was really really helpful. So we could run our campaign on, uh, in fact, in three languages: in uh, Hungarian, English, and German. And they they also helped us with you know promoting the the, the project. And also because they did their own crowdfunding, successful crowdfunding campaign, so uh, they gave us a lot of ideas like how we should do this. You know, we are journalists, and you know, we have never done anything like this. We never, we have never done at least before Direct Thirty Six. We didn't do fundraising or things like that. So uh, the we. We, you know we couldn't we couldn't because of the because of the other source of funding and the whole idea that you know when we publish stories we want we want the stories to have impact so you know we want to reach as big an audience as possible so we we couldn't really follow a subscription model uh, because then you know that that would have created a, a big wall between your potential audience and uh, so uh, our stories are available for for anyone uh, but uh, if you are a supporting member of Direct 36, then you can you will get certain rewards. You know there are uh, uh, basically we were following this familiar model that you know there are different levels, and then if you know if you give less, then you will get you will only get a newsletter. But this is also like an exclusive newsletter. Uh, before every investigation is published, we send out an exclusive newsletter. Uh, to our members, so they are the first ones to learn about the the results of these investigations, and uh, you know uh, the the second level, you know those members they will get they will also get an ebook every year with some background stories about the investigations, and then we also organize events, uh, uh, and we also hold workshops uh, about you know uh, investigative methods that can be useful for anybody who is using the internet or doing research on, on, on whatever. So uh, this is what we are trying to do. I know that we, we can, you know, we could always do more. And we are, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I've been reading about this and my colleague Gerge has been reading about this, uh, you know, uh, how else we can, you know, engage the, the audience, the community. Uh, but you know, we also have to realize that you only have 24 hours in a day, and uh, this is still a pretty small team. But of course, we we try to do our best. We we always ask our guests when uh, you know, or, or basically until now, I think um, the the bulk of them were journalists, uh, except one. Like we 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 had. Uh, uh, a, a product manager when we talked about ad blockers uh, in, in Switzerland but anyway so w when when we have like uh, 
content creators on we always uh, try to ask the question like how do you what what's what's your you know ratio between uh, content creation and content distribution so so uh when when i was when i was on this uh exchange like last year in the united states i, I went, went on a conference and there was someone from buzzfeed and they told mm-hmm. and, and they said like uh, so like they put like 40% effort into content creation and and 60% effort into like content distribution so like basically like if there is one person writing an, an article there are like two other people who are caring for like social distribution and repackaging mm-hmm. it um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm sure you in in the you know investigative journalism realm the the, the situation is a is a bit a bit little bit different but uh, uh how how is it uh, how how do you you know uh deal with well, this well uh you know well yes in our in our case it wouldn't wouldn't work because you know even just just the reporting and the editing uh takes you know two or three months and uh, you know we couldn't spend another four months on you know distributing or uh, repackaging the the stories but of course we uh, we realized that this is uh, you know not like in the uh, in the old times when uh, you know your job ended with publishing the story of course uh, now we now we have to do much more you know we have the we have the newsletter we create videos uh, videos like short explainer like teasers for facebook those are pretty successful and uh, you know we have the we have the the these publishing partners uh, so we deal with them uh, of course we use in, in hungary for some reasons you know twitter is not really uh, popular but we also we have our twitter channel that's where we are promoting our mostly our uh, uh, you know the english version of our of our stories and we are uh, trying to be active on on Facebook. It's a little bit difficult when you you know when you don't publish too frequently, you know. But at the same time, you also need to maintain your presence on on social media. Uh, but at the same time, you want to want to keep want to focus on your you know on your actual you know the reporting, the investigation. So it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult balance. And uh, so, so do I get you right that Facebook is uh, like the the you know biggest like uh, uh, source? Like uh, like I guess it's the biggest uh, like uh, most active users are there uh, like social media wise in Hungary, right? Uh, yes, but you know, uh, for some time, Tumblr for some reasons was also quite popular, although more like in a in a smaller circle. Uh, uh, we use Facebook uh, quite a lot our, our stories and our, on our site, but uh, that's why we uh, that's why we we came up with this model that we we are publishing with with partners because clear from the beginning that if you have a site that gets updated a month, uh, you won't be able to build a big audience for that uh, site. So uh, that's why we have uh, uh, our most frequent partner is 444, which is like the kind of like Hungarian BuzzFeed. You know, they, they have a mix of uh, very you know, entertaining uh, content and uh, some really serious reporting as well. And uh, so uh, because if we, if, they, if we publish a story with them, 
then well, first of all, we, we immediately reach a big audience uh, uh, through them. And uh, what's even more important that they, then the other news organization will notice that those uh, those stories and they will they will pick pick it up you know we get invitations to radio shows tv tv interviews and because uh, that's uh, that's really important for us to, you know to have uh, uh, some to get some traction i wouldn't really call it impact because in hungary you know it's uh, you know investigative stories especially if you write about political corruption you know they hardly have any direct consequences but uh, you know, at least uh, uh, the, the the good stories, the best stories, we reach at a big audience. I see. So, so you kind of uh, use the almost the, the the same distribution model uh, in a way as ProPublica does in the United States. They they do that as well. They pa- uh, partner up with pa- BuzzFeed. They partner up with New York Times. Uh, and all, yes. all these, you know, like uh, uh, news media, which have like uh, gr- big, really big audiences, and and then mm-hmm. they try to push their story. Okay, great. Now, now. <laughs> yes, and it's not. It's not only we. We have uh, we have a pretty uh, close collaboration with uh, RTL, which is the biggest and most popular TV channel in Hungary, and uh, you know they often pick up our stories. But we also did uh, one uh, story together, which was, uh, you know, basically it was published or, you know, uh, in, a, in, a, in a TV program. Uh, so that was a, that was a pretty uh, exciting uh, experience and we would like to do more of that. And sometimes when we do, we, ran a, we did a series about that was more uh, kind of like a business uh, uh, financial kind of story. And uh, that series was published uh, in the local edition of Forbes, example. Uh, because then uh, you know, uh, you know that maybe the audience is a little bit smaller than uh, online, but uh, you will get the, you know, the audience that really matters for that kind of story. I see. I on on your website, you you also say you are part of like you you partner up with a different kind of uh, you know international. Um, organizations like one of them is like OCCRP or the the, the I, I I guess it, it's it's the ICIA ICIJ. Uh, so yes. so do you do also a lot of like cross border reporting? Uh, yes, I mean we are most of our stories. You know we, we do local stories because that that those are the stories that resonate I think the best with your uh, audience. But we I really like and I really believe in the you know the power of uh, collaborations and uh, we were part of the, our biggest collaborate uh, collaborative project was uh, the Panama Papers. Uh, we were the the Hungarian partners in that, uh, and uh, but you know we we contribute to OCCRP on a regular basis, and uh, you know we we get approached by members of OCCRP and other networks. You know it's not always it's not always projects you know you, you don't always do like big uh, international projects but simply you know to be able to to contact to approach uh, journalists in other countries that's a that's a really really powerful uh, tool in your in your toolbox because you know most most stories even local stories you know often have some kind of international leads or implications 
and uh, I've I've noticed you also did some uh, reporting on you know as I'm in Slovakia you did something like uh, a little bit like cross border I'm not sure if did you did you work with someone from like Slovak media because you published some of the things that like which happened in south of Slovakia like some of the the guys um, I was I think there was a story with some truck which was registered in Slovakia and now now I can't re- really remember back but uh, when I googled when I when I searched on your site uh, Slovakia I, I found like uh, three or four stories uh, so so do, do you have a partner here or are you just like you know do it yourself uh, no 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 but uh, sorry I, I, I think I, I will sound which were the stories because I I can't really recall 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 them. Um, it was, I mean, the the, the stories were were. Uh, mm, I, I can't really recall. Ah, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I remember, I remember, I remember. No, ah, sorry, sorry. It was one of one of our first stories, but yes, it was. Uh, it was about. Uh, uh, it was a pretty complicated. It was about the uh, Jobbik, the radical right wing uh, party, and yes, because we were writing a profile about their. Their, their money man, the uh, the finance guy, and 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 he yes I remember sorry it was just uh, yeah it was uh, some time ago yes and they, they he had some business partners they did some murky businesses uh, yeah up in Slovakia yes yeah but I uh, no I I was involved in that but only as an editor so I don't remember the details but yes as far as i remember one of the the, the journalists who was the reporter who was working on that yes he he he, he got some help from a, a slovakian journalist but i think it was uh, someone with you know a bilingual you know hungarian slovakian because we don't we don't speak uh, slovakian but yes i remember that even you know once he even visited our uh, office here he came here and uh, helped our reporter oh, okay now 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 i get it uh what what was going on there uh anyway um uh me and mark will be in uh in september in hungary in budapest um we'll be coming to the oh, news impact summit so oh okay then we will we we are going to see each other because we are going to be there as well cool great i mean it's so... it's really awesome to <laughs> meet meet in person <laughs> after after the interviews where we were having there some some of the the people be interviewed so we are really looking forward mm-hmm. uh uh to, to, to yeah let, let me know let me know if you if you already know your your, your schedule I mean, this shouldn't be part of the podcast but i mean we maybe we can we can you know hang out a little bit we can go and get <laughs> some drinks or uh, eat something so yeah let, let me know and then we'll no it's perfect it's perfectly fine because we always uh, invite our listeners to come to budapest <laughs> as well and we actually plan to go to budapest a bit earlier than the the monday when the summit mm-hmm. is on. so yeah Let's definitely do that. Okay. And with that, uh, those words said, uh, I think we have to come to an end. Time is running out. And it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much well, for this insights yeah. into Hungarian journalism and your uh, yeah, media project, Direct 36. Good to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, and, go uh, yeah. 
And Damn yeah, it. to the listeners, if you're like, if this is the first time you're hearing our podcast, please uh, subscribe. Or if if you're a long time listeners, um, you can you know pick one podcast, one episode, and uh, share it to your friends. Uh, if you have you know journalism geek friends. Uh, otherwise, go and check out our website, which is checkyourfacts.eu. So once again, checkyourfacts.eu, US and European Union. You'll find there all the links to the to the RSS, to this podcast, to to Apple 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 Podcasts, to our social profiles, and yeah, we'd be happy if you listen to us and give us feedback. And uh, I want to do the joke. I want to do the joke now over and over again. And if you uh, can, please listen to us on, over Google Podcast if it's ever gonna be out there. Yes. <laughs> we will see. We'll see. So it, it, it's, it's been a pleasure, Andras, and I hope to talk to you maybe sometime in the future or someone from your team. Thank you, and, and I look forward to seeing you guys here in Budapest. Yeah, let's see each other in, in Budapest. All. Okay, bye-bye. And oh, sorry, sorry, one last thing. Yeah, yes, I, Mark. I, thought, I thought you've uh, forgotten it. No, oh, please, no. guys, uh, don't forget to always check your facts. Okay, now we can go. <laughs> now bye-bye. We can. <laughs> yes. Bye. Thanks.